0: From Blue Wire Studios today, so you're ready for the August premiere.
1: What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast coming to you. Sunday evening, Monday morning. There was uh, not a lot of stuff going on this weekend. And usually in this spot, uh, we have a couple different segments. We have the WCW Saturday Night Reviews that John and I do. And that's coming. We we have that uh, ready to go here. But then usually I have another segment that talks about something else that, that happened this weekend or, or any news or whatever. But With UFC going uh, this past weekend, uh, Beltor also went... There was some boxing on DAZN, but nothing wrestling-related unless you you were watching uh, Friday night, Saturday morning's uh, New Japan show. But it kind of leaves us with a little bit of a dearth of information. So instead, you'll just get a much shorter show today... Uh, and if you are a fan of the nineteen ninety two w c w Saturday night reviews that we do, that will be the the bulk of the show uh just want to get a couple things out of the way though and and I will have some audio of a show that I did with Big Dave Meltzer on wrestling Observer Radio and Missy Hyatt that was kind of fun to talk to Missy after being a fan for so long. I did actually get to meet her. In Dallas in 2016 at WrestleMania 32 weekend, I kind of I saw Ed in San Antonio make a beeline towards her to go say hi, and I kind of piggybacked on Ed so that I could introduce myself and just say hi and appreciate her, uh, let her know how much I appreciated her as as a wrestling fan growing up, and so getting to interview her and talk to her was a lot of fun uh, this weekend. So, but basically. The reason uh, why I'm going to replay some of that audio, and don't worry, I already talked to Brian Alvarez at his Wrestling Observer Radio. I told him what I was going to do, and he was totally fine with me replaying this little piece of the show, but she was around in WCW 1992. In reading back The Observers, there's a mo- there's 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 a, a little bit of a switch when... when Bill Watts fully comes in and and starts making changes. One of the the things that happens is that Missy is gone from TV, uh, and I'm not sure how long she's gone. I'm not reading ahead in the observers. Uh, we're watching the TV pretty much. I think this this would be the the show is I think July 25th. So today's July 26th, July 27th. So John and I are up to date with the TV as of this week in 1992. But I don't want to read ahead in The Observer because I don't don't want to like, you know, I I want to watch the stuff uh, as I remember it. And also with a little bit of new eyes, because there's obviously stuff that I remember. And I'm sure I missed a, a handful of shows back then. But I did ask her some questions in the interview with Big Dave that related to this time period. And John and I had talked about a couple of these things uh, a couple weeks ago, so I wanted to replay those here so that you could hear the, the her answers to the, to the two questions that I had relating to that time period. Before we go to John and I talking about the uh, the July twenty fifth, nineteen ninety two show. So before I get there, um, I just want to mention a few things. So. Last week uh on Wednesday morning we put out the Rocky 4 podcast uh where we went over the entire movie and I think so far like that's that's the movie that is I I don't want to say it's the favorite because I, I but I think there's a certain type of Rocky fan there are Rocky fans who were born sort of right at the end of the 80s early 90s and Rocky IV was shown on TV so often, if you had cable, which most people did, you know, by the early '90s, and so it became a movie that was just on TV all the time, and and it's one that a lot of people really love. Now, you know, I, I'm a little bit older, so it's not necessarily my movie or my Rocky movie. But I get it because of the time and place. Like the 80s, you know, right, smack dab in the 80s, 1985, this movie comes out, and you know, Stallone is a gigantic star. The movie is the highest-grossing film in the history of the franchise. It's I mean, it's a superhero film. It's it's Rocky, the superhero saving, uh, you know, beating the 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 Soviet Union. Like I mean, that's essentially what it is. So uh, that was that was really good we got some good feedback on that and this upcoming week we will talk about Rocky five now talk about a, a switch you know doingwan and I start that show basically by saying you know no matter what people think and I think most people agree that it's probably the worst film in the franchise but in being the worst film in the franchise there is still so much to talk about there are there is a reason. Why this film is not great? There are reasons, and we go over all of those reasons, including stuff with John Avildsen and stuff with Stallone and him bringing in his son Sage and just the time period thing. And you know, from Rocky IV, I think the kid is probably eight or nine, and by the time you know Rocky V starts, the kid ages like four years, like just in in a, in a few days. So. We'll talk about that film, and um, you know the the series is is going really well. Appreciate all the feedback, getting you know people following the Instagram. I'm putting up uh, some pretty cool pictures of of the films, and I'm getting you know just people on Twitter and and on Instagram reaching out to me. So it's it's great to see all of the Rocky fans that are still out there, and if you are. And you are listening. Definitely hit us up. You know, Fight Game Media on Twitter, our our Facebook group, which you can see the link to in our in our Twitter at Fight Game Media. Let us know what's going on because uh, you know there, there there is this is a little bit of a labor of love for Doan and I, just because we love these films. Like you know, it's a lot of work and it's a big project. We're doing these like long, uh, long marathon tapings on the weekends, but we get so much out of it just because a you know we're friends and and we like to to chit chat with each other. But b just. A project in of itself. After we did the Fabulous Four several years ago, which you can find on our YouTube channel, like that was kind of like how do, how do you do a, a a podcast project? We were still so early in the game with uh, back then. It was it, it was the the Fight Game Podcast, and I, I'm sorry, uh, uh, FGB Radios, what what we called it. Right now, it's Fight Game Podcast. But you know, we we created this different uh, show, uh, a, a series. Uh, on uh, on Hearns and Leonard and Hagler and Duran and we just went over every single one of those fights in in detail the beginning and the end and the and the fight itself and it was hard like it was much harder than we thought I think you know just how much time it took us to get through all of those shows and this was different like we wanted to do them really. Weekly, so that people could could listen to them weekly and not really get interrupted. Where all of a sudden, you know, oh, you know, we 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 hit a lull, and three weeks later, you know, the the next episode comes on. We we want these bam, bam, bam weekly, so that there's a cadence, and people, you know, people get used to that cadence. So definitely reach out if you have any feedback on those. It's been a blast to do. So before we get to uh, the piece of, of uh, the interview that I did that I'm going to replay with uh, Missy Hyatt, I wanted to tell you about a new sponsor that we have, DealDash. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. So if you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids, Upon sign up and on top of their other discounts, so go to deal com and use offer code fight game or deal dash.fm front slash fight game. That's deal dash.fm front slash fight game. Okay, so let's kick it off. Uh, first, you will hear the uh, the the few questions I asked Missy Hyatt. Now I'm I'm just going to give you a heads up that the audio isn't as good as it will be when John joins. Uh, you know, with technology and things, uh, it was a little hard to get Missy to use the uh, the the technology that John and I use, which I've actually got Big Dave to to start using, which has been great. Uh, but she couldn't get it to work, and so uh, we had to use the old Skype to phone method, which definitely you'll you'll be able to tell but hopefully it's not too bad um and then uh, once i get through that then we will uh, then we'll bring john on to talk about the july 25th 1992 episode you know this is probably going to be one of the shorter episodes in the history of the fight game podcast but john and i will be back uh thursday evening with our normal show you know where we break down all the news and we review the wednesday night shows and I'm really interested to see, you know, where where NXT goes because uh, they they really got their behinds handed to them Wednesday. Not I'm I'm not even exactly sure why. I thought both shows were were fun. Like AEW show is more fun to me generally, just because of the ambiance and the environment and the fan. This is the nature of of what that show looks like. But NXT is you know my favorite style of wrestling, and and you know if if it wasn't so wwe homogenous i think i would like it even more but uh they got their work cut out for them because they you know they they need to do some things and you know i hope that they start hot to take advantage of of that lead-in that they get but so but you know we'll be back with with john uh at the end of the uh near the end of the week but here is first you're gonna hear missy and uh, myself and dave and then after i'll bring on john and we will finish the show talking wcw saturday night I'm actually re watching the Watts WCW ninety two era because just because the all the old Saturday nights are now on the, the WWE network. And right, right right when Watts comes in, you're not you like you've been on TV and then Watts comes in and then we don't see you. And I know there's stuff with yeah, him, yeah. with him and Heyman as well. Like when he came and he put his foot down and here's the new doctrine and this is what we're gonna do. Like, what, what did he, like, did he communicate what your role was going to be or no. your role was going to change? No,
2: no, no, it didn't say anything to me. I just found out that I wasn't doing anything, you know, and I, and, and I was just like, okay, you know, I go with the flow. You know, I, as long as I get my paycheck every week, I'll be, or every two weeks or whatever, I'll be happy. You know, And I remember, you know what he did? He gave one year, he gave at Christmas time, all the talent, some um, luggage that said World Championship Wrestling with the logo on it. Yeah, you know, It was cheap luggage, but it was like a duffel bag and a hang-up bag. Everybody got it except me. And I showed up at the pay-per-view or whatever, and everybody had new luggage, and I was like, well, where's mine? I, There's none for you.
1: Yeah. It, when, uh, just one more 1992 WCW question, but you like you and yeah. Medusa had just done the uh I think the bikini challenge um maybe even like a month before and then the then watts comes in and, and, and there's a, there's an obvious change in the TV but when when he came in like because I mean you 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 knew the wrestling business like did you expect? All of the changes that that he made, like, did you like when you knew, heard he was coming in, like it was going to be a drastic difference from from Dusty? But did you anticipate all the stuff that that he was trying to to push um, before he had even come?
2: No, ah, uh, uh, no. I just heard that he was there to save money, and I know that he said he was going to job people out until they quit or renegotiated their contracts. And I think he did that to Brian Pillman. I think he he, he tried to do that did. to Brian Pillman. Definitely. Did he? To Brian Pillman. Yeah, he said and Brian was like, "Well, I'll be the highest paid jobber there is." Yeah.
3: yeah. Wanted, um, he, told, he told he told Brian that um, um you're not worth what you the contract that Kip Fry signed him to. And I mean, Paul Lee was the same way cuz Paul Lee got a good contract from Kip Fry and his ma- yeah. mentality was no manager is worth, you know, I think times like 250,000. No
2: Jew ma- no Jew manager, I think is what he said.
3: <laughs> okay. But Yeah. Yeah. And and we and I with, think
2: Paulie had that on uh, on tape or something too. Yeah. Or had a yeah. Yeah. Paul with, was
3: smart. With Brian, it was uh, you know like if you if you cut your contract down, I'll push you. But if 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 you want to take the money that's in your contract, I'm just going to job you out until you're worthless. You know that was basically right. what he was told. And it was a big showdown because he was doing jobs regularly and all the talent. Pretty much like, um, they, I, I don't say they backed Watts because they probably like personally didn't, but I know Brian was told by everyone, Oh, just, just take the pay cut. And it was just like, fuck this, you know? Really?
2: I oh, I wouldn't have a- taken the pay cut. Yeah. I, w- I would have been the highest paid job or I wouldn't have taken a pay cut. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of Brian.
3: Yeah. I mean, he wasn't Yeah, gonna- I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going through the whole thing. I remember the whole, the whole Watts thing from, from beginning to end. I mean, it was funny because you worked for Watts, you know, when Watts was Watts, you know what I mean? When, you know, cause Watts was yeah. a genius, you know, I mean, he was a genius without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, he was. And, and, you know, I learned an incredible amount from, from Watts in the eighties. And then in 92 on, you know, the first day he, um, I mean, he literally just got hired. And then we talked for like two hours. And and when I say we talked, we didn't talk. I listened for two hours. You know how Bill is, right? (laughs) I mean, I probably got five words in in the two hours. And I remember the first thing I did was I called up Brian because Brian was a pretty good friend of mine. And I go, Brian, I go, this is gonna be a fucking nightmare. I go, what do you mean? And I go like, I listened to him for two hours and it's like, everything is 1986. And I go like, I never realized until this conversation how much the business has changed since 1986. And it's just like it's just a different business. It's just different type of guys and different stuff gets over, and and his mentality is 86. And I go, it's it's not going to fly. Yeah, Uh, it's not going to work. It wasn't going to it wasn't going to work. It was actually one of the greatest lessons I ever had. I'm I'm so glad about that conversation because it relates to every single generation. You know, when somebody yeah you know, you know how it is. Cause the business always changes. I mean, this business, the guys, Thank goodness,
2: it's got to change. It's got to change. It's got to change with the times. You know, exactly. I love the current stuff. You know, it's got to change. It can't yeah. be the same old stuff. Cause people will get bored of it. You know, you got to change. But yeah. my soap Just- operas, they change. And, and the, and whatever's going on. And, you know, currently you got to change with what's going on, um, around you. Pop culture. You got to change or you'll yeah. get stale.
1: All right, thanks to Brian uh, Alvarez for letting me use that bit of audio from uh, Wrestling Observer Radio that I did with Dave Meltzer on uh, Saturday and, and Missy Hyatt as well. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, before we get to the second part of the show with John and I, talking about bet online, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball finally kicked off last weekend i just watched my giants go two and two against the dodgers who should be you know maybe the best team in baseball this year so i fully expected the dodgers to sweep all four games there Uh, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners bet online check out all the odds futures and props to bet on all available 24 7 and with the return of sports bet online sat down with former pro players eddie george Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry, a.k.a. Big Shot Bob. See what they have to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling fan Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right, let's talk about some WCW Saturday Night, July twenty fifth, nineteen ninety two. Were you happy or sad to see that this was a, only a one hour show? Uh,
0: uh, actually, a little happy. I was. Uh, I just watched a lot of wrestling, you know. So, <laughs> so it was okay. That, it, but it also brought me back some little nostalgia because I'm like, you know what? There's probably a Braves game on right yeah, yeah. right so you know baseball's just about to start so i'm okay with it and you know and plus you know watts does a good hour of television so i was excited to see how good this hour was um to to like the two-hour stuff he's been doing we've been covering so and, but and I, they go they go back to two hours but now. listen i, I looked to make sure i was just excited we had another we had because of last week we, you know, we had a missing episode we found the episode it had no audio and you know we still covered the bash which is cool but like I was just happy to just watch this stuff again and and because and, I knew we were going to talk about it,
1: and I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, man. Let's talk. Let's get into it. And I don't think we'll miss... We, there's no misses for the rest of the year, so we're good. Yeah. All right, so like I said, it's just a one-hour version of the show. The sh- beginning of the show shows the finish of the Vader-Sting match, which is actually kind of interesting because for the longest time, WWE would not show any video Mm -hmm. from the pay-per-view because they want to sell the replays and so they would you know you would you would know the result and you would see like stills photo stills but you wouldn't see the uh the you know any any finishes or, or any video of what happened because they want to sell the replay but wcw did not care about selling the replay they're like here here's here's how it ended like we're this is this is what what you want to know so i thought that was kind of interesting yeah no, I, and I was really interesting how they edited it down
0: just the power bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week, um, and someone talked about it on, our, on our on our group. They're asking about like, oh, you know, him hitting this, staying hitting the the ring post, and you know, it was kind of weird. And and he explains it in
1: in the in there's a segment with him. And I just thought, ah, you still didn't sell me on it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, you know, like. They didn't need that. I mean,
0: it was. I'm not saying Sting politic for to have his own little out, like, you know, for this, because the way he worked that match, I think he was out there to make Vader, right? And uh, for and for the U.S. market, of course. I mean, he's our. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, but with the clever editing, they just didn't show that part. They showed the power bomb and looked like, oh man, shoot. I mean, Vader did dominate Sting in that match. But it was just it was really cool what they did. I I I really like that they just right to the point.
1: Boom. Oh my god, Steen got destroyed and now we have a new world champion. So Rick Rude is with Jim Ross on this show and Rude because he is supposedly this, you know, the the, the guy that all the women want to be with. He's got Medusa with him and I guess Paul Paulie is not with him uh anymore. It was just going to be Medusa and, you know, he's he's got to kind of boss her around a little bit. She's his manager, so she's got to book some flights, and she's got to get him water. But And he he's he's not... I wouldn't say... I would say he's being a chauvinist to an extent, mm-hmm. but I, when, I, when I saw where they were going, I almost closed my eyes thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And then it wasn't even as bad as I thought it was
0: going to no, be. No, and it wasn't as bad. And But at the same time, I was thinking, like, well, they're not really getting any heat with this because she's she's in agreement right like she's mm-hmm. like, okay sure i'll get you water i'll get you you know stuff like that and i thought medusa looked pretty good here man i was digging the the 90s hair big old poof man yeah i was going back to some some memories he was, call,
1: he was calling her Deucey.
0: Deucey. <laughs> oh man i got a couple jokes but you know like hey <laughs> yeah no i thought she she came out with that big hair and it really stuck out to me and i was like oh man
1: yeah bring me back to 1992 baby yeah like she, I think she would she, she used to get a lot of crap because you know if you were gonna compare her to Miss Elizabeth or Missy Hyatt from the looks perspective, yeah, like they're more attractive like just to the whatever the you know the the pop the the whatever the hot woman is supposed to look like they are definitely more attractive but you know she was fit, she had muscles, she was athletic as all hell. Um, and she was attractive. She was attractive in like a more physically fit kind of way. She was like, um, you know, we used to see these growing up. You know, if you are on watching ESPN at you know six a.m. or whatever, you'd see Corey Everson's like fitness video, and you're like, wow, Corey Everson's kind of buff. Like Medusa fit more towards that, and there's attractiveness in in that too. I always dug, I always dug the fact that she. You know, she just looked like she worked out a ton. Yeah. And she when just she, looked like she was always in
0: great shape. Oh, yeah. She had the shoulders and the arms and the legs. Um, but, you know, she... And she was also on a lot of the Zapner magazines. You know, a lot of her pictures of her, especially with the AWA days. They had a lot of, like, her and her wrestling gear and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, she... I liked her combination with, uh, with Rick Rude. I thought I... It kind of got lost. Like, I think Watts got tired of it or something like that, and they kind of phased it out. But I thought they made a good duo. Um, but this, what was so interesting about this show, because he was doing commentary on a couple of matches that involved his, I guess, now former Dangerous Alliance stablemates. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he did, is not not. There's respect there, but there's no mention of the Dangerous Alliance at all. Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, so first match is Barbarian, who we've seen, I think, on like three shows now. Yep. I, uh, don't get tired he, of seeing Barbar- the Barbarian they're building him up he uh he faces randy star very pretty quick squashed impressive everything barbarian does is strong and uh randy Starr sells all of it and he just looks like a, a world beater uh, it's, it's, it's funny because i'm
0: watching i'm doing my own personal rewatch of, of mid-atlantic 1985 and he just showed up recently and he's wild and crazy and yelling and screaming and you know he wrestles the same as as we see here but like this barbarian's more like he's not yelling and screaming. He's not he's not wild. Like I I I, I, I want to see him be more vocal on there, a little more I don't know, more vicious. I want to say, but I still love Barbie. He's like he's you know, he's he's like I said, one of my uh, one of my favorites. I mean, I loved the powers of pain as a kid. I thought they were so cool, and I love the barbarian. I love this flying clothes on top. I right, the flying headbutt was so awesome, and then of the course that I just love. I can watch him do that big boot all day to anyone, and sure enough, that replay. <laughs> damn that guy that much respect to the uh enhancement talent has that because he uh
1: he took that good <laughs> so that brought out ron simmons uh jr did an interview with ron simmons he wants vader i think i got this quote right he says quote <laughs> that belt knows no man it will strap itself around the best End quote. I think that's what he said. I, I I didn't know if I had it exactly, but meaning that in, you know the belt is going to gravitate towards whoever's the best. Yeah, the cream rises rises to the top. I guess he's trying to say. Um,
0: I thought. I think uh, you know Ron got the word something's going to happen in his career soon, and I think he, I think he was a little nervous with his promo. Mm-hmm. I, it, it it really stood out. I think Jim Ross did his best to kind of keep it together, but uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I think Ron, I think Ron was a little bit nervous here. So uh, that led to the match uh, that Jr. was teasing at the beginning, which I th- actually thought was going to be the main event, but is actually not the main event. Greg the Hammer Valentine, Stone Cold or not Stone Cold, Stunning Steve, and Cactus Jack against Dustin Rhodes, Barry Windham, and Johnny <laughs> B. Bad. I find it so interesting that both Rude and Ross that the. The way that so the Johnny B. Bad comes in in ninety one, he's like one of these new cartoon characters that we've been that we were talking about that that Dusty brought in. P News, Johnny B. Bad, Diamond Stud, and um, so he'd been around. Uh, obviously, he he's not he he's not a ring veteran or anything. He 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 hadn't been around for that long, but you know he'd been with the company for for over a year. And a lot of the language that Jr. and Rude and even in the previous shows are using is like. He's improving, mm-hmm. up and comer, and so as a fan, I remember getting frustrated with this because I was like, "But he's been here for like a whole year, and you got he was like a, a contender for the uh, the light heavyweight title or whatever." Like, so you're telling me that someone who could be a champion or who is a champion it also needs so much improvement. Like, I never understood why they talked about him in that way, other than if that. You know, they, maybe they weren't happy with him. They want they expected more. They wanted him to do more. Maybe that's kind of what it was. But like, well, what was the reason why they talked about him in this way? Because I think
0: he's had great improvement in his wrestling ability from 1991 to 1992. Like, he's come the more of an accomplished worker. Um, you know, he was very, very green when he showed up as Johnny V Bat in May 1991. He's actually did jobs on TV as Mark Merrow before that. Um, but then he was taken off tv for a while and and then they found this character for him but he was like very green if you remember like he had like really really short matches and yeah i mean, and, I mean um, they, they, they just hit the left hook and he's done it was uh he when he had longer matches it was a little bit rough but like ddp like Johnny B bad and it's funny cuz they're they're kind of married together in 19 uh, was that 95 94 no 95 with the, uh, they had some really good series of matches, DDP and Johnny B-Bad. But they both kind of improved like greatly. And, you know, I I think uh, Mark Maron was a was I really like, I remember like seeing that progression of him as a as a kid. I remember like, oh man, this guy, he's he's not that good. And this character, you know, the typical, he's a heel. I didn't like him. And I want to see him get his butt kicked. But then he turned babyface. I was like, oh man, he's going to be a good guy. You know, I didn't know about babyfaces. I just don't good guys. And then but then I started liking him and I started noticing, like he started adding to his repertoire of moves. He started doing things. He, all of a sudden he's adding the Frankenstein on the top rope, a flying head scissors, uh, a, a, a dive out to the floor. Like he started being really creative and adding to him. So um, yeah, I think that's what they are talking about. I think they're, I think they're mainly talking about his in ring, but yeah, mm-hmm. but, but but, I, but they would say youngster a lot. So I'm trying to imagine how, how old he must've been then. But,
1: but yeah, but I think maybe it's more towards about the in ring. It's just the, just the idea that you know these wrestlers. Like I, I have no idea how old Johnny B. Bad was, right? Like in '91, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Like I didn't know a lot of these guys except for Dustin, because they would say how old Dustin was. But like if if someone said Johnny B. Bad's wrestling, and they're like, "Oh, he's been a veteran for five years," I'm like, oh, okay." Hmm. If they said, oh, he's a rookie," I'd be like, oh, "Okay." Like I don't really care. And the only reason I even knew. Like, it was almost like they were telling me he wasn't good. And I was like, oh, maybe he's not good. Maybe he's not that good of a wrestler. Now I get it. But I, I just felt like, why would they tell me that? Like, they didn't have to tell me that.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think about his ability getting... He was he was getting better at this time, too. But I just thought that the tag team was hilarious. Like, yeah, these two big Texans, and you had <laughs> Flamboyant, Johnny B. Bad and... But you know, Barry Winners with him though. He gave him the the the, the Oak, Oakland A's Bash Brothers. You know, let's do this. Let's get them. Um, I thought this match was a lot of fun. I
1: wish it was longer. Yeah, it was short. It was way shorter than. But I it you know, was
0: be. Then, then 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 that hit me. Oh yeah, it's only an hour, right? So yeah. But I, what I, I what I loved. I mean, I, I liked what I what we got. I thought everyone did really well. Um, I got a kick out of the Steve Austin Cactus Jack team just because of the book of them riding together, Mm -hmm, you know, that mm -hmm. McCoy talked about, so I kind of had, like, a chuckle about that, and, you know, Cookies being in DDP's
1: bed, and all that kind of stuff kind of came to me. Hammer kind of stands out as, uh, like, I I don't remember him being in WCW at this time for that long. He kind of stands out a little bit to me of where I was like, okay, like, I I remember all these other guys, I was like, oh, really? Hammer's in this match? I didn't really remember him being in these roles. Yeah, I think he... I wanna say he's not
0: long though for for the company because I don't remember him in the fall. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't I don't maybe 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 that will change as we keep watching this. But uh because you know, he showed up in February or January nineteen ninety two, quickly won the US tag titles with Terry Taylor, and of course they lost him and had a really good match actually with the Freebirds at WrestleMania ninety two. So um I thought he was like a lot more motivated here like i thought he he looks in pretty darn good shape yeah he was moving quickly when i remember i know the match was i mean it was a it was a fast as quick match so everyone's moving quickly but like i i just like love those chops he was just laying in on dust in the corner like even jim ross like holy cow, like it was so like it was like you know the typical hammer chops and
1: um but then dustin pins him right Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Dick Slater comes out, mm-hmm. Interference backfires, and uh, and Dustin pins Hammer.
0: Yeah, so they were just doing two weeks of um, promos where Valentine was mumbling something about Dusty Rose, and I used to beat up Dusty Rose all the time, and, and so I feel like this is kind of like you know the end of it you know like dustin gets his revenge he gets a clean win over over valentine what what else does Mm -hmm. he need to do so Mm -hmm. so that's what i'm thinking maybe maybe Valentine's not 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 long for the
1: company so big van vader had a handicap match against larry santo and rob campbell and um the scary one though i think this was saved I, i don't remember which person he did this to but he press slammed somebody to clothesline themselves on the top rope, which I thought was scary, but then they caught themselves really well. I was like, "Wow, that was really athletic." Yeah, that, oh, was, that catch. was Larry. That
0: was Larry Santo, who's the veteran of the group. You know,
1: amazing. So, one of my favorite all time
0: job guys, Larry Santo um, or
1: Santo. I, I always say Santo. <laughs> is good. So, yeah, Santo is the the lucha legend. Japanese. The Japanese way, also like I guess, yeah, the Mexican way. Yeah. Um but then also uh my cousin's last name is Santo, he's Japanese, so. Yeah. So this was this was this was
0: uh yeah, you know Vader being Vader, you know. Like you know what he like a lot of people like you remember the whole like Joey Ryan like was talking about on twitter how he's being a bully and we know there's someone had a clip of vader just beating up some job guy and it's like you know this bulliness needs i i'm glad this is not around anymore and the Mm -hmm. job guy wrote back like no i worked him many times he was safe (laughs) and like and it kind of that just that that whole little discussion stood out to me because in this match here like he you know he just hits that big overhand forearm the corner Bam, right? And he and it was a solid shot. It was good. In the safe spot. But he really nailed him. But the next one was light. And the next one was light. But people were like, oh my God, boom. That's that's the that's the that's the the work of it You're like yeah we'll give i'll give you one that's going to get a reaction people are going to hear that they'll almost probably feel it it's going to sound so loud but then the next couple are going to be a little lighter flair did the same thing as his chops if you notice too he would hit that big one bam and then the next one he would hit i mean he would hit some solid ones after that but like you know he'd always fall up a little lighter you know after that but he wanted that initial like oh like when he hit that chop so this is pretty cool to see
1: and uh he wins with the power bomb and he has that stacked up pin uh on them i always liked that that the way that he pinned people uh yeah he was cool and i liked when he said i liked his choke
0: slams this was how a choke slams should be done you get the guy by the throat and then you get the guy behind the back of the neck and lift him up and throw him right you know like i just think all of a sudden it became like people just like lifting with one, one hand and mm-hmm. and you know you got Knox. You know, she one of her favorite moves is a choke slam, which drives me insane.
1: Well, I mean, I mean when, I, when you only, when you only do it with one hand, then the the person taking it's got to like grab onto their hand or something, right? Shoulder
0: could go up, yeah, shoulder. But like yeah. I, you know, I know Tegan Knox. Her favorite wrestlers are Molly Holly and Kane, so that's why she does the <laughs> choke slam. It's just that's a true story, and uh, I don't understand she does the choke slam. And I get it, like it's cool. You love Kane, but maybe it is cool in the Indies. But maybe, maybe we shouldn't do it in uh, NXT. I don't know, but uh, I like Teagan, so I don't want to bag on her. I'm not bagging on her. I'm just saying, you know, it's one of my little pet peeves. When I did, and then when I saw this choke slam, I'm like, oh man, that's that's how you do a freaking choke mm-hmm. slam because he would mm-hmm. just, just throw the dude down. Like, oh man, I look vicious. And then all of a sudden, and Razor did the same thing. Razor had a good choke slam if you remember. Mm-hmm. He would hit, get the guy behind the back of the neck as well, and and look like he had control over him.
1: Then he does an interview. Um, and then there is a cool segment with Tony, Shivani, and Sting, where they're basically going over Sting's thoughts of the match against against Vader. Boxing would do this sometimes. Like there would be a big boxing pay per view, then they would come back to like uh, so that they would show the paper. They would show the the boxing match or the closed circuit boxing match like on regular TV like the next week or the maybe two weeks and then they would re-interview the fighters uh, and say you know what's happening next or whatever so I thought that this was really good this was like a real like a sports thing oh, This is my favorite thing on the show and it was so it was just so different like it like Sting for one right Sting was the champ but you know he clearly he, he clearly thought he was the underdog in this match he's talking about oh, I, I needed to get past the first 10 minutes <laughs> like yeah you know just the way that he talked about the match it felt real like it felt like this is how you would talk about your strategy in a match if pro wrestling were real he's uh he's uh you know he he's he's going through well i think i thought this and in times where he maybe couldn't remember, he's like, oh, yeah, I think, you know, I, th- I think I was maybe knocked out there yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, he but like, put him over.
1: So, him so good. Like, Sting was so good here. And not yelling. Shivani was really good, too. Yes, right. This is Shivani's strength. Like, I think
0: he was always a good interviewer. And especially, like, these sit-down interviews. They, they did a lot before in the past with Shivani. We sit there with Dustin Rhodes in the empty building talking. And I think Eric Walks, too. Oh, we'll probably see later in this in this year but um he yeah, he you know that's his strength i think as a, as a backstage interviewer not necessarily a commentator especially now i don't think he's he's kind of just there to entertain jim ross um but yeah, uh, yeah um he was yeah, he was really good and sting was like, explaining everything i thought he everything was logical why it happened he he, he was honest like if this is real he was being honest of why mm-hmm. things failed like i know you didn't like his like probably didn't like his excuse for the for the
1: you know hitting his head on the ring post but like i thought he did. just i walked because i when i when he said it he's like i think you know I, I i probably went a little high and then i think i slid on his back yeah, and yeah, it yeah. kind of took my momentum and i was like oh maybe that's exactly what happened and then i watched it and i was like no, that's not what happened. <laughs> well, he, he didn't really lie, but
0: no, but I, I appreciate it. wasn't an excuse though. He wasn't saying like, I'm using this excuse to, that's why I lost. He was just saying like, this is an unfortunate thing to happen right in the matchup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, this is the highlight of the show. And I, I, and people who are, I know a lot of people are actually listening to our show and they're following along with us, which is really cool. I love our discussion about it. Like I just can't wait to get everyone's feedback on this segment alone. Cause I was so... Like,
1: I wonder I wonder if this segment is on YouTube, just this segment, because if it is... I don't know. I mean, probably it should be. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it is, but we should post it in the group and see what
0: see what people think. Yeah, because, like. I, you know, my booking mind was like, damn, I didn't do this promo. Like, why didn't I do this when Dylan Drake lost the APW Championship in November, you know, to Malachi? Like, I, this would have been great if I followed this up with on, uh, with, you know, at the next event with some kind of like, you know, interview with dylan drake ah oh, man so cool this i loved i love this and i think i think i watched it twice that's how much i loved it it was just you know this is the stuff i want to see man bring this bring this stuff back
1: and then sting says for vader He's not going to only take it up one notch. He's taking it up two notches. That's <laughs> so, so big Van Vader. Be ready for the stinger. Well, he's like Spinal stinger. Tap. He's like, you know he's, not, <laughs> you know, he's at 10
0: all the time, and now he's going to 11, right? Now we're bringing it to 11.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so something that I wasn't as happy with uh, was the next match, which was Arn Anderson versus Nikita Koloff. Um, I've had a lot of long Nikita matches. If you watched The Great American Bash... <laughs> and you know this the beginning of this match was uh, side, side headlock city uh I, I will admit i thought i thought the last couple minutes was fun cuz you got to see explosive nikita mm-hmm. um but the overall match was like uh, like okay let's just let's get i was just thinking like i know this match shows only i think it only comes out to like 40 minutes or something on on the thing mm-hmm. i was like i know i know this thing you know we're coming up soon but this thing just feels so long uh, but the finish was fun. So, um, it was... Polly. Was was it Heyman? Yeah, he pops up. Yeah, Heyman interferes. Or distracts then, the ref
0: for some reason. That,
1: that Yeah, Nikita like had a pin, I think. And then Polly jumps up and Nikita just punches him, decks him down. And then... Um, and then all of a sudden you see you see Bobby Eaton come out to, to complain about what's going on. Well, because yeah, well he came out to to help Paulie back to his feet. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and so then, um, and then Anderson kind of turns around and then he eats the Russian sickle for the win. So. What they're setting up is a future Rick Rude and Ivan Koloff. Or Ivan Koloff. Uh, Nikita <laughs> <What>? Koloff. <laughs> please, God, please tell me Ivan's going to be here. I love Ivan. Nikita Koloff feud, which is kind of cool because, you know, I complained the last couple shows about, you know, why is everything about this dumb house show that I can't watch? But this is actually kind of cool because you have Rude out the entire time mm-hmm. simply to to set up that Nikita's going to be in the main event so he can talk about Nikita. And you know i don't know if what they're building towards because rude is also they're also building rude towards uh psa's and rude saying that you know his, the, you're not going to get me with the ddt but then they're also setting up rude and Koloff. so i don't know if it's gonna be at the clash i don't remember mm-hmm. or 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 where where they're gonna we'll wrestle see. we'll see <laughs> but i i was fine with this because it's not like they were saying you know tomorrow night at the omni we're gonna you know it was like no this they're setting up something for the future so as the viewer you're like Oh, at some point I'm gonna see this. Not, I can't watch this because I don't live in Atlanta. Well, really, they were setting up for a
0: house show runs, but, but uh, it wasn't that specific to a certain house show, like 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 you know. A couple weeks ago, when they're talking, and the if Army. they came to your town, then they, that's what it is. is. We know it's signed. We know it's signed. So that's what you know. Next, you know, you get you get the oh, they're coming to town. Who's in the card? Oh, Nikita versus Rick Rude. I gotta see that. That's what they've been talking about. Um, I like this match. I like longer. Uh, I mean, they're wrestling. They're just grinding, and um, you know, psychology was good. Um, uh, a lot of wrestling. I think Nikita could go. People don't give him credit. You know, they they kind of like people bash Nikita so much. Like, oh, he was just you know i mean he was a gimmick but like he, he you know i thought he was a good a good wrestler and he improved big time like i'm, I'm watching him now in 85 and i mean and he's still green but he's like he's obviously you know they're keeping him intact Jacked at that time <laughs> no. he's so like intimidating like yeah he was such a badass Look, dude like I, yeah i love nikita and i love the koloffs cool too like oh, ivan ivan's awesome and so here, you know, they had a good wrestling match, um, the finish, you know, Heyman popped up, Yeah, um, you know, Koloff hits Heyman a little bit off the apron, which is my favorite bump. And then, you know, Arn goes to the roll up to get the, you know, like, you know, quick pin you know like catch him by behind but then he kicks out and then you know he goes for an elbow ducks the elbow then finally hits a big clothesline
1: you know it's cool the best part was like rick rude's like oh no
0: (laughs) oh like (laughs) well
1: i I thought uh my favorite part was when uh rude kept saying that uh he was pulling the hair and jim ross is like and jim ross is taking him seriously like no, like I'm I'm looking at his hands like they've never ungrasped. Like, what are you talking about?
0: And Ross made a really bad mistake, and he usually doesn't make this mistake, but he kept because you know, arms working on the left arm of Nikita, and he kept saying, Oh man, he takes out he takes that arm out. He you know, he takes out a big weapon of Nikita. Nikita hits a sickle with the right arm, hits with the right arm. So I thought that was that was kind of interesting, and I was a little disappointed that we didn't get some kind of post match angle with the. Uh, Rude interfering maybe attacking from behind or them two just brawling you know or, mm-hmm. or something some kind of some kind of schmoz or whatever but like it just um, it just kind of ended with a really good promo by Rick Rude but like I, I kind of want to see some let's add some spice
1: a little more spice to this uh, Rude and Koloff uh, uh, match okay so just following up uh, on what what's going on in WCW at this time so the bash the pay-per-view like you you compare 91 to 92 and then this just tells you kind of how far they have fallen so the great american bash 1992 does just over half of the pay-per-view buys as the infamous 1991 great american bash so that's you know they're they're and look wwe's in in a rough spot too this is not just wcw uh but you know wcw is doing way better on pay-per-view um so there was this uh, this small tidbit which isn't necessarily a fair comparison but and I, and I don't think dave wrote it to uh as anything more than a you know this is how wrestling was seven years ago versus right now but he compared the original great american bass show at the charlotte stadium in 1985. they did uh 27,000 fans for that show which is the is that is that the dusty Tully uh,
0: I think is that the outdoor stadium one and well, it's
1: uh it's it's Flair it's Flair, Flair Nikita, Nikita. yeah, yeah.
0: Road Warrior but Road Warriors and the Coloffs I mean I mean these Road Warriors and the Russians actually because there was Crusher Khrushchev and Ivan versus
1: you know the chain double chain match yeah yes yeah, it's, I mean, it's a big major card so they did 27,000 in the stadium and then in 1992 they ran the stadium again just for a house show though I mean just for the house show tour and they did 2,000. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of sucked. But, you know, not not a fair comparison because one is a, a big major show that you're building up to and the other one And was plus, was, they were... crock in 1985 was extremely hot. Like mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all right. So uh, that is it for here. Um, we will be back next week with uh, the following episode. And then after I get married, I'm going to be out of town for a little bit, but I think, I think I could still, I have, I have the stuff to do a show. So I don't, I don't think we'll miss a week, but, uh, it may, it may be a little bit of a shorter show to say the least on, on, on some of that stuff. But, uh, so but, but you know i'll 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 alert folks if, if anything changes i mean i should still be able to do everything that we that we generally do but uh, yeah so um, for john i'm double g we'll see you when we see you peace out